SMQBs. This is episode 101. This is a short episode, just abbreviated. We had a lot of work travel this week for the SMQBs. Saw many of you out there on the convention trail. But today is our Super Bowl preview. Check out our analysis of the game. Some really good things to look for. Uh, our predictions. It'll shock you, shock you how the SMQBs come out on predictions. We have a special video appearance at the end of the show. Check that out. Then we also cover LeBron and the NBA trade deadline. Just total madness today, including uh, KD getting traded. Check us out. Leave us five stars. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show and the Super Bowl. And from the people climb up on the booth, hanging from the people on the people, my head's the roof, dancing on the ceiling, on the people, I got people on the dancing on the people, I got people. SMQB's episode 101, maybe perhaps 100.5. This is an abbreviated Super Bowl preview show and NBA trade deadline celebration of LeBron the GOAT, James's record-setting performance. Uh, that's it today. We got a short one, but we did want to get together. It's been a busy week for the SMQBs. Got to spend some time. Uh, visiting the site of the Super Bowl, we left one uh, of our intrepid reporters behind. So, hey guys, what's going on? How's everybody? Recovering. Wouldn't Barely. be a short one. Wouldn't be a short one if the Commanders were in the Super Bowl. I'll just say that. <laughs> just saying that. Just it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, fellow NFC East boys, this must be painful. Well, that, that's because by then we'd all be so old that it would take us longer to get <laughs> our thoughts together. Just you wait. Just you wait. Bezos is coming to rescue us, and we're going to have so many Super Bowls, you won't even know what to do with it. You're just going to have to give up. Are you getting Eric Bieniemy? Why would he possibly come to Washington? I don't know. I don't know, but everyone keeps talking about that. Yeah, I don't think so. I just don't understand why he would come. Uh, let's not talk about the Commanders. This is a Super Bowl preview. So there's no reason to even mention the C word here. Um, Look, man, this is your gig. This is your show. You got to be pretty excited. How how are you feeling right now? I am so nervous. I don't. I just. I'm just. So, I'm so nervous. I, I can I just tell you that I don't. I don't even know how to wrap my head around this. For some reason, I am more nervous to face Patrick Mahomes on Sunday than I was to face Tom Brady five years ago against the Patriots. I really mean that. I mean, I, I know Brady has all the Super Bowls and everything, but I guess I just felt like he was up there in his career. I didn't feel like that team was as good. Mahomes is just, the play is never dead with that dude. It's never, ever over. Do you know that this guy is, uh, in the playoffs, he's 10-3 and three with 300 yards passing average, 32 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, and 106 passer rating. He doesn't exactly suck in the playoffs. No, it's not too bad. Not too shabby. But what's the condition of his ankle? Right. Andy Reid said in his press conference that he basically is 100%. He can do everything that he wants to do. I, I don't can't believe, believe that. that. Yeah, I don't believe that. Well, I mean, it, it's been 
three full weeks since the injury. By the time the game starts, it'll be three full weeks, right? Yep. He looked so pretty good. He looked pretty good a week after. I mean, he certainly was able to do a lot more than you would expect somebody with a, quote, high ankle sprain, right? I mean, we've all heard that. We've all become accustomed to high ankle sprain being worse than a broken ankle or as bad as an ACL, blah, 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 blah. But he did not perform one week after the alleged high ankle sprain in a way that you would think it's a typical high ankle, right? True, but the one time he tried to scramble to his left he pulled up lame i mean he was definitely more of a pocket passer than usual yeah he was that's right but now we've got another two weeks you know two weeks of treatment i mean lord knows what eastern Bloc european country he flew to and had <laughs> yeah, plasma right. spun in right? right i mean so <laughs> that you've hit one of the magic numbers which is three versus eight that's the week since quarterback injury so it's the Super Bowl Sunday will be exactly 56 days, eight weeks since the Bears injury of the shoulder sprain from Jalen. And this will be three weeks since Mahomes had his high ankle sprain. And by all accounts, eight weeks should be plenty of time to heal a shoulder sprain. But I don't know about three weeks of high ankle sprain. So that that's one of that's one of the keys here. Well, and he's more susceptible to re-injury, too. I mean, because if he's not fully recovered with the recovery time re- required for that type of injury, if they if he tweaks it in any way during the game, it could be a lot worse than otherwise. Well, I'm I think, a, yeah. Go ahead, Rooster. No, you go, go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, obviously, the the injuries to to Jalen and and Mahomes are getting you know a lot of attention. Although I think the Jalen injury is probably a non-issue at this point. The bigger issue, I think, is, and I, and I hope, I think maybe you raised it uh, on our last pod. I mean, the Eagles are basically a fully healthy team, right? I mean, they, they don't yeah. have any, they're not missing anybody. They don't have any injuries. I mean, clearly much, much healthier than the Chiefs going into this game. They led, they led the league in sacks. They led the league in pass defense. And they're about to play a team that can't run the ball even when they're healthy. They're getting Clyde Edwards Hilaire back for the first time in what months? Um, and their quarterback probably is not the same Patrick Mahomes that we're all used to. I doubt very much he's going to be scrambling at, at at the old level that he can do it. So I I think I think this game goes to Philly. Well, I think they have lesser play calls on the RPO for, for Mahomes because they don't want to put him in a situation where he has to run the ball and gets hurt. And one of their wide receivers is out. Yeah. No, injuries are going to be a big, big part of this. But I, I still think that the weapons that Kansas City has, uh, he doesn't need seven steps. He doesn't need a lot of movement. I, like I think he could dump the pass to some pretty dangerous people on that team. Um, I, 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 I definitely think a big part of this game will be do the Eagles shut down Pacheco in the backfield right away? Do they make r- the running the running game of Kansas City a non-issue? Slow the fight, doctor, that, down Pacheco. Yes, if if they can slow him down, and I think he is a pretty effective rookie. But I think if they take him out of the mix such that they know that it's a one-dimensional passing game 
for Mahomes, I think this game changes bigly. What do you, what do you mean a one-dimensional passing game? They they can't run the ball, so it's got to be. So it's just offs. a passing game. Just a passing game, yeah. Right. But I, a lot of a lot of them are going to be dump offs. I don't think he's going to have the time to go deep. Um, I do think our our defensive line versus their offensive line. I think we have a superb defensive line, and I think they have a, a above average offensive line. Then they have they have a good pass rush too, but they have a crappy offensive line. Right. In comparison, and you have a great offensive line. That's that's really the difference. Although the the, the one thing that can uh, balance out a, a a or cover for a mediocre offensive line against a good pass rush is what a good tight end. Yeah. And and Kansas, that's I mean, you know, uh, Kelsey's a, a, a mismatch regardless of who he's playing. Um I'd put a freaking safety and a linebacker on him on every exactly. Play. Well, that's I mean, right. Has there ever been a tight end I mean, a spy on with Gronk with Gronk? Yeah. Maybe, has yeah, there maybe ever been Kellen a tight end Winslow or someone like that. That you had to double team because yeah, I, I think every, he got doubled. Everyone's been saying to me, if you do not double team Kelsey, you're an idiot because that's that's the one guy that will absolutely beat you. Yeah. yeah. Well, how how concerned are you about the fact that this is Jalen Hurts is you know coming out party his second second year i mean he's uh obviously he's had an amazing year but i mean this is this is the big showtime for him how do you think he's going to stand up you know you're going to love this one pope but i saw a great video interview of jordan davis our defensive tackle and of course he's a rookie from georgia and he what he basically said was if you go to georgia and alabama these games are not the stage is not as big as you think. Like it really, what we're taught there at Georgia and Alabama is just next play, next game. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. Stadiums are going to be full with a hundred thousand people. We've, we've been in some pretty big stages and I think that will help Jalen a lot. I mean, he has been in some monster games in his life. Yeah. Well, I mean, he engineered the comeback against Georgia in the, in the fourth quarter when Tua got hurt just to get him to the national championship game. So yeah, he's got, He's got a lot uh, under his belt as far as um, big game performance. Yeah, but that—that's. Uh, but you can say that all you want. But this—this this is it, man. This is the biggest game in the world, the Super Bowl. So the Washington Post ran a really good breakdown, Jason Lockenfora, of you know where this game will be won. Some really cool stats. One of them was that the Chiefs are 16 and three, including the playoffs this year, but they are five and three when the opposing team has rushed 26 times or more. Mm. So they're undefeated if they keep the ground game to a minimum. I think that's the number that you're looking for. I think if the Eagles can establish their offensive line and do what they've done the last two weeks and run the ball, I think if they run the ball more than 26 times, that means Mahomes is off the field. We're running the ball well, and I think we have a good shot. By the way, 26 times is is not a ton oh. of rushes. I mean, that's a fairly balanced offense, I think you would say, right? Did you get about 50, 50 plays a game or so on average? The Eagles offense in the playoffs this so far in two games is exactly even with numbers of rushes and numbers of passes. But check out this one. This is another interesting one. So the two teams played six common opponents this year, the Colts, Texans, Jags, Cards, Titans, and 49ers. 
So if you look at the plus minus of the Eagles and Chiefs playing against those common opponents, the Eagles are minus two against the Colts, plus 18 against the Texans, plus 25 against the Jags, plus 26 against the Cards, plus 28 against the Titans, and plus 45 against the 49ers. That's a pretty interesting stat, too. That's the only measurable teams that, that they both played. You know, one stat I looked at was red zone because you're going to win Super Bowls unless you convert in the red zone. Philly was number three this year with with uh, about 68% conversion of touchdowns in the red zone behind only the Chiefs and Cowboys. But more importantly, the Chiefs were the second worst in the NFL, giving up about 68% touchdowns in the in the red zone. So wow. if, if Philly can... Uh, continue to do what they do in the red zone, that's going to make it really hard for the Chiefs. Interesting. That that and that and uh, you how about the third and fourth down strategy house? Because Sirianni clearly has uh a way that he looks at third downs differently than most coaches because he's got such a weapon with uh with Jalen on fourth down. Yes. Yeah, no, I mean, I, the Eagles are about getting to short yardage situations where if you get to third and two, you essentially have two plays. Right, you have third deal. and eight, and all they need is six. They don't need necessarily to convert. Yeah. Jalen Jalen is a beast. I mean, he's getting bigger. How, how much do you think he weighs now? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, have you seen, question, these, have you seen the pictures of his defensive linemen? Of him doing squats and and how ripped he is these days? He's huge. He's a beast. He's huge. But, you know, that's an interesting point, Pope, because I actually think that's going to be a rule change because of the Eagles' success on fourth and one and the way they run that wedge with basically two tight ends in the backfield Mm -hmm. running in a wedge behind Jalen and pushing him through. It's totally legal. They've converted it like 99% of the time. And I I don't think the NFL wants that as an automatic one-yard gain and certainly not at the goal line. I think that that formation – and basically allowing two people to push. I, I don't know what I don't know what the rule would be, but I don't think you're gonna be permitted to do it next year. Well, you know, and Sirianni's a gambler because I looked another stat that was interesting is that inside the opponent's 50 yard line, they went for it on fourth down more than 50% of the time. That's yeah. a lot. Now you guys have a good field goal kicker, but if if you're gonna play that aggressive, uh, you know, that makes it tough. One thing, you know, I, I, I sort of feel like on the field, all the advantages are going the Eagles' way. Um, not again, not to suggest it's a lock or anything like that, but I feel like they get the, they sort of get the edge on on all the matchups and everything. Um, but one thing, and I haven't heard it really talked about too much, is Andy Reid has been. This will be his fourth Super Bowl. His record, career head coaching record, is 268, 154, and 1 for a 635 winning percentage. And then you have Sirianni. This will be his first visit to the Super Bowl. I don't think he's been there as an assistant. By the way, uh, Reed did win one as an assistant. Um, But his head coaching record is 25 and 12. Um, There is a, a, a drastic difference in experience between the coaches. Uh, now that, that again, that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it'll be very interesting to see 
if there's a moment where one of them throws a good challenge flag and one of them sort of chokes and doesn't, or one of them pulls off a sneak play or it's right. I mean, I'll be really curious to see sort of the coaching matchup here because I don't think the moment is too big for Andy Reed. I don't think we know if it's too big for Sirianni right now. It's a great point. It's a great point. And, and the conventional wisdom is that prior to the start of play, Reed is the best, pretty much the best coach in the NFL, just getting your team prepared for a game. It's in game where the knock has been on him, where the time management has been an issue, challenge flags, whether to pull it or not pull it. And Sirianni has shown himself to be a pretty good game adjuster. Um, so that I think is a big part of the story. Um, and the other, the other thing on coaching is I do think while Sirianni to, to Pope's point has had a lot of, you know, willingness to gamble and stuff like that. Reed is an incredibly, along with the enemy, an incredibly creative coach. And so one thing that Brian Baldinger was breaking down this week on film was the various formations that they run, the chiefs run inside the, the red zone, particularly inside a 10, you just have no idea where the ball is going. It's very, very hard to defend against that. And I don't know with this young coaching staff that the Eagles have, very young offensive defensive coordinator, very young head coach, where if Reed brings some of that razzle-dazzle stuff inside the red zone, if we're going to be able to stop that. I think there's just a lot, a lot of guys to defend. Either way, I think this is going to be a great game. I mean, we've seen our share of stinkers in the Super Bowl. I can't imagine this being one of them. I think it's going to be a high-scoring, entertaining game, no matter what. Yeah, I think so. Rooster, give us your prediction. Philly, 31. KC, 21. Pope? <laughs> Rooster, I thought you were going to you were gonna hit me right in the head, but no, I got, I got the Eagles putting 34 on the scoreboard. I got four touchdowns and two uh, Jake Elliott field goals. And then uh, I only got the Chiefs with 24. So I got 34-24 Eagles. 31 is their favorite score these days. Right, right House? <laughs> 38. <laughs> 38. All right, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give House the last word on this. I got Eagles 35, Chiefs 27. Well, I like what you guys are saying. Um, I think this would just enrage Milk to hear all of this, but uh <laughs> Look, you have actually, to actually listen to Milk. I got. I want to tell you first. Milk. Milk sent a video, and it's not downloading right now, so I haven't been able to play it yet. Oh. But I can tell you this: he's got the Eagles too. Wow! Oh wow! Well, you know, I'm not going to go against him, but I actually do think it's going to be more of a defensive game, and I think because the teams are going to keep it on the ground more, there's not going to be such high scoring. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close, and I think um, the Eagles will score 31 points. I think they'll score score four touchdowns and probably a field goal, but I think the Chiefs are going to keep it close, too. I think I like it at 31-27, Eagles. Wow. So a clean sweep with the SMQBs. You know what that means? Let me ask you (laughs) – yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you guys this: Who's who? So you got you all have the Eagles winning. Have you given 
thought to the MVP of the game? Yeah, I have. Yeah, Hertz is MVP. Hertz or Hertz or AJ Brown. Mm. I've got I've got Devonta Devonte Smith. Mm. I think he's going to be he's going to have the big game. Could but it could also be one of your pass rushers. Bingo! This is going to be the only the Reddick? fifth fifth ever mm-hmm. defensive MVP in a Super Bowl. Hassan Reddick is unstoppable right now. Yep, and I think he's going to make a game changing play in this game. And I think the Eagles are going to keep it on the ground so much where they have that three-headed monster of Sanders and Gainwell and Scott that no one's going to be able to really run away with the offensive MVP. And I think Hassan Reddick is going to do damage. And I'm going to, I'm going to go with Hassan Reddick as a defensive MVP to the game. By the way, that's another intangible in this game is that obviously both teams are going to want it. Um, the Chiefs do have a Super Bowl under their belt with more players on their team who have just recently had one. There are some people in this game, Nadama Kassa, um, you've got AJ Brown, you've got uh, Limbaugh Joseph, you've got some guys who have not gotten one who are going to be super, super hungry and realize that you never get back. And sometimes I think that can drive a team. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a good one. It should be at least, you know, you, you, they're, they're usually Usually pretty close, but you know you never know. But but uh, this one should be a good game. Uh, and house uh, have fun out there, enjoy it. Um, and I really hope you I win would... because that is going to be a brutal flight home <laughs> if you don't. I mean, that is going to be just yeah. misery for our listeners. I have just, no other. Just choice don't take it out on us if you lose. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, have a, I have a two a.m. flight, and as. Uh, as Bison said, it's the greatest or worst flight ever and no in-between, which I now, there is no in-between. That's right. I mean, I, I worry about, you know, the, like Philly fans on that, like the poor flight attendants and pilot on that flight, if, if that game goes either way, actually. I mean, either way, I'm not sure what would be worse. There's a, I think there's like, I'm going to give it a, a 50-50 chance that that flight gets diverted and has to land somewhere else and have the police come on it afterwards. Can we get a profit on that in Vegas? That's a bet we need to have. Yeah. Possible. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, um, the Super Bowl uh, is obviously the big story this week, but the NBA has sort of outshone it so far, at least in the last, in the last 36 hours, I guess. Um, You know, first of all, we got to at least acknowledge uh, the, the week starting out with, I guess, LeBron uh, passing Kareem for the all-time scoring title, uh, a record that stood for 30-some years. And, of course, 39 you know, those, years. Yeah, 39 one of those, years. One of those records that people say, oh, it'll never be broken. And then when it's broken, they say, well, that'll never be broken. But it'll probably be broken at some point in the future. Someone out there, it might be another 50 years, but uh, you never know. Um, but anyway... There, there, there's a guy in Dallas who did a breakdown. Luca has the best chance because he's so young, but he'd have to average 25 points for 19 years in order to get to LeBron. That's nuts. And, and he's that's the, he's that's with LeBron still going. He, and he hasn't committed himself to the kind of um, health routine that LeBron started on right away. You right. know, I think LeBron's body has been a work in progress and Lucas just relying on natural talent. Right. 
just another just another feather in, in LeBron's cap, and and uh, we're not going to have the age old goat uh, discussion here on this. But it, he he certainly is the greatest uh, scorer, at least by total points at this point. That's that's irrefutable. Well, you know, it's uh, interesting because you you compare him to other sports. Like you know, Emmett Smith has the record for rushing, and that was a to me a record of longevity. I mean, he was a great back, but he wasn't one of the top five running backs of all time. But he he lasted long. But I think, you you know, for LeBron, you can argue not only is he one of the greatest players ever, but in longevity, he's got the scoring record, too. Different. But he got there 150 games faster than Kareem got there. Now, now the counter argument to that is they have more playoff Kareem, games. Kareem didn't have uh, the three point line either and wasn't a three point shooter and right. was on a more balanced teams where he wasn't asked to carry the load all the time scoring the ball. Well, Rooster, I hope you'll say a little bit about your comment over text about what a class act Kareem was through all of this, because that yeah. was just unbelievable. So, yeah, well, you know, when Kareem took the took the scoring title, I was a senior in college, so I remember it pretty well. He took it from Wilt. Wilt didn't even show up for the game. He was so petty about it. He had a date. Kareem shows <laughs> Kareem had booked three three games in a row to make sure he would be there for LeBron and really was just a class act at it. Just, just what you would expect from him. He's a, he's a wonderful, wonderful person, an ambassador to the league. And he's been kind of dissed ever since he retired. He's wanted to be a head, head coach. He's never gotten the, I don't think he's ever gotten the, the recognition for the player that he was. I mean, he was the le- leading scorer, of all time for 39 years. I mean, he, he revolutionized the game with the sky hook and he's not bitter about it. He's happy for him. I mean, I just think he really exhibited a lot of class, uh, in that transition. He's also, uh, sort of established himself as the conscience of the, of the NBA of the players, uh, in particular. And I think he's, he's got that reputation amongst the, the current players, uh, to the extent that that generation of, of kids looks up to anybody, I think he is sort of an icon and, and uh, a, a mentor to a lot of players. I think he has filled that role. Right, right. Not, not not only that, but you know, there were some remarks that he made, which were so like humble and almost self-deprecating. Where he said, "You know, there I've made some criticism of him before, and I, he had said something about LeBron not taking the lead on the COVID shot and stuff like that." But then he criticized himself, Kareem did, by saying, I, I, I focus so much attention on my relationship with the retired players like, you know, Magic and MJ and, and others that I, I, I didn't do enough effort to stay uh, and make myself available and talk to LeBron and connect with that part of the game. And that's on me. I mean, just like, wow. I mean, he is... Uh, it's a pretty impressive torch passing that happened with yeah. that. And the truth is, unlike MJ and some of the others who preceded LeBron, Kareem was right there with Bill Russell, uh, marching for civil rights and taking positions that probably cost them a lot of money uh, in terms of uh, marketing. And LeBron, to his credit, is willing to do the same. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a really good segue to... Where does LeBron now go, Rooster, with his reshaped team? 
You know, I think they thought, I think the Lakers were thinking, um, we're, we really want to hold on to all our very few number one draft picks unless we can pull off a great trade. They pulled off a trade they thought was was great. They unloaded Russell Westbrook, and in and then all, all hell breaks loose, and their trade looks like nothing now. They they are screwed. Yeah. They they're big losers after today, in my opinion. The West is upside down right now. The Suns, my God, the Sun. You know, we always talk about you have two two or th- <laughs> two superstars or three stars on a team. The Suns have three superstars and a star on their team. And KD be maybe being the best player in the whole league, uh, paired up with Booker, and, you know, and 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 Chris Paul to dish to them and eight, and now all eight has to do is rebound and play defense. I don't, I don't know how you stop that team. Um, I think the the Suns are the number one winner after the trade deadline, and I'll tell you who's the number two winner is the Rockets. The Rockets, mm. uh, the Rockets mm. own. Every number one draft pick of the Nets from this year through 2027, and the Nets, the Nets are a shambles. And they got John Wall back. Yeah. So, so all those Nets picks that they just got belong to the Rockets. No, no, new picks that they get. The Nets, the Nets' old picks for the next seven years belong to the Rockets. Right. The Mavs, in my opinion, let's we should talk about this, but the Mavs are short-term winners with the highest scoring combo in the league, probably in with two players, long-term losers, because who in their right mind wants Kyrie Irving on their team? I can't imagine. I can't imagine that it ever works for any well, team think, in the long, long term. I think Pope was excited about it. Weren't you? You're pretty happy to the Duke. No, he was Kyrie. No, <laughs> no way. No way. I was. <clears throat> yeah, no, not really. Because, uh, I'm pretty sure you can go back to any time in the pod when we talked about Kyrie, and I always said, not actually thinking it would ever come fucking true, that I, if a Kyrie came to Dallas, that I would not be a big fan of that or support Dallas as a result. So, um, so now you're a Suns fan? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, you not were so much. just there for five days. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's true. I do have a connection to Phoenix. Um, so <laughs> I will tell you, I did actually watch for the first time this year a Mavs basketball game last night because I was intrigued to see how the whole Kyrie thing would start. Granted, Luca is still on the bench. Uh, hopefully he'll be back next week. Um, but it's it's a different product that they're running out there now. They're a lot more loose. They're... Uh, uh, you know, they're, they're more creative. They're, they're more athletic. Uh, so in just one game, I mean, you, you can see the difference somebody like Kyrie has. So I, I can't wait to see how it is with Luca. Um, as you guys know, sometimes I'm want to, uh, change my mind midstream. So for right now, I'm going to hold back, uh, on saying that I am not going to be a Dallas Mavericks supporter. I'm just going to have to wait and see. To, to me, this, this trade is all the proof you need to know that there is no collusion in the NBA, because if the owners were smart, they would have gotten together and said, we cannot let this guy continue to do this to, to us where he demands a lot of money. And then he comes in and behaves himself for a month and then totally disrupts the team and ter- look what happened to the nets for God's sakes. No, the net, the nets had hardened KD 
and Kyrie, and they're all gone. And I think Kyrie is probably the number one reason they're all. Oh gone. well, I think Harden had a lot to do with that too. Yeah, Harden, head Harden couldn't well. stand Kyrie, and now he's playing his ass off for the Sixers. He needs to. He's got a big fat ass. Well, speaking is, speaking speaking of the Sixers in in the category of if a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, right? Uh, does anybody in Philadelphia know that the Sixers made a trade? Yes, uh, I mean we know that we traded away, you know, a two-time second-team All Defensive Player Matisse Thybul. He's never developed a jump shot. He's never become an offensive player. But it's a disappointment that we didn't do more. There was rumors that right before the deadline, we were going to pull off Seth Curry, maybe. Um, I still think we're short a couple players. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw any of last night's. I watched that Celtics. whole game. Okay. So you see the gulf that's between these two teams when yeah. a few of their starters were even Celtics missing. Celtics were down three starters, and they yeah, smoked hurt. It wasn't close, and they yeah, were down three starters. So I think the Celtics are the class of the East. I do think this pickup that the Bucks made in the trade deadline of Jay Crowder is an interesting one. I think he's the kind of piece when you have a team that's very close, that's won a final just a couple years ago. That was a very interesting under-the-radar piece that the Bucks got right, Jay Crowder. Right, right, right. So is Gary Payton the second going back to the Warriors. Back Gary to the Payton Warriors. back to Golden State is a, is a quiet piece. Came up I disagree on the Wiseman a little bit about um, about the Lakers because while I don't I don't go so far as Bison saying don't sleep on the Lakers, I do think that sometimes playoff basketball is about assembling pieces. They have some very interesting pieces now to complement LeBron and AD. I think Rui Hachimura is a quiet good piece. Malik yep. Beasley's a shooter, a good piece, and of course D'Lo can when he plays up to his potential be a superstar. Um, and not to mention, you got Mobamba to back up um, AD. I, that's a interesting. That's an interesting team. We'll see where it goes. I still think Denver and Phoenix are the class out west. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, interesting that that another trade deadline comes and goes, and Bradley Beal stays in Washington, <laughs> and and uh, Kyle Kuzma doesn't doesn't get traded. So we're we're left just in Washington, just wondering what the fuck. There was a ton of interest in Kuzma. A ton. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Memphis and Sac that are one, two, three in the West didn't do anything. A lot of Sack, thought about Memphis needed to do something, help Ja. I thought Sac got a little piece that was important. But yeah, Memphis got did nothing. Um, I don't know. I'll find it. Now, the Clips actually did something too. I can't remember exactly what it was, but there was a little movement this afternoon. Uh, with them, oh, Clippers. The Clippers Sacramento got Mason Plumley. Yeah, oh, that should got turn got their whole their that, whole season around. That, yeah, he's <laughs> shit, shit Dookie. I don't think so. Yeah. Sacramento got Kessler Edwards. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was active, definitely active. And then you know, look, the Pelicans. They're still there, House, but I'm I'm afraid they're going to be gone pretty soon. Yeah, I agree. The Clippers also got Eric Gordon and yeah. three second round picks. I, the, the NBA trade deadline is mesmerizing. I mean, the three team, the multi-team trades, the picks that are going. I mean, sometimes you look at it and you're like, wait, every team got eight second round picks. There's not many that many picks in the second round. Like, I, I feel like picks are moving. The, you know, they're like, 
they're like credit default swaps. They they only exist in like in the ether. They're not actually real picks that anybody's tracking. Like it's, they're crypto. Adam, yeah, they're like crypto. if Adam Silver started they don't actually up the exist. number of picks, he's like, wait a minute, you guys don't have five second round picks next year. How did you just trade that? Says who? So, yeah, right. Exactly. I mined think, for some and found them. How do you think Russell Westbrook feels about finishing up his career in Utah? Yeah, really. Ugh. Although, although that team has so much for the future, it's crazy. I mean, Utah's stacked for the future, but I, I, I don't think you'll we'll ever see an implosion of a superstar team than what the Nets just did. Uh-huh. No, I mean, can you think of a of a team in any sport that's, I mean, that's imploded with as many stars just. I mean, and, and remember, they were uh, half a shoe size away from going to the finals. Right. Yeah. The last time they traded away all their picks for superstars was when they did it to the Celtics for um, KG. Oh, right. and, oh yeah. And, yeah. Paul Pierce. Paul Pierce. And they won. And the Celtics turned that into uh, their two stars right now. Tatum and, and uh, Brown. Well, we'll see. The the Nets better learn how to draft over the next several years because they have a, a lot of picks. But they 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 yeah, and Houston owns all of them. <laughs> they're yeah. they're screwed. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Hey, um, do you guys know anything about Josh Hart? Have you ever heard of him? Yeah, of course. Portland. Yeah, ask 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 Pope what he knows about Josh Hart. Pope, have you ever heard of Josh Hart? I have, but why? Well, the <laughs> the Knicks just got him. He's a he's an NCAA champion. I uh, I mean, how's he doing in the NBA? That's my question. He's good. No, he's he, good. He, he got a, he went to Villanova. I take it. Yeah, he went to Villanova. He's a, he's he's a good. Uh, he's a, I know he's I a good know. defender. Yeah, he's a oh. good defender. Is it twelve? Is, it, is he's it, like a twelve and five guy? Pope, are you pretending you don't remember? Weren't you there for the shot? Yeah, but Josh Hart didn't hit the shot. No, he didn't hit the shot. But we get well, he we was on a, that team, though, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah he, was, he was on that it's, team. Jenkins hit the it's, shot. Yeah. He's a good NBA player. He's a good NBA player. Hey, he's moved around a little bit. I don't bit, want to talk fucking college NBA. basketball, so move on. All right, so listen, we, we have a little breaking news here, though. We have a little breaking news that we have to uh, – oh. uh, we have a report coming in. Oh, it's I late. love it. Yeah, okay, hold on. Just be patient. Uh, I think it's lengthy. Let's see if I can make this work. I love it. Got to hear from our boy Milk. It's an update, okay. it's an update on Harris's uh, flag football game. Somebody give me a thumbs up if you can hear this loud and clear. All work and no okay. Brady makes Patrick a dull boy. All work and no Brady makes Patrick a dull boy. Hey, hey guys, what's going on? Just uh, <laughs> finishing up my novel here, page 200. Thanks, congratulations to me. Um, look, I've been asked to chime in on this weekend's Super Bowl. What a big game, house in the house. Uh, 2 a.m. flight after the game. Let's get that cabin crew on standby in case of an Eagles loss. Um, Look, couple a couple things here. These are my, my two pointers on this game. I think it's going to be one in two ways. One in the trenches, and if you look at the, the Eagles' defensive line, 
and the Eagles' offensive line versus the Chiefs. I think they dominate on both. You saw against the 49ers, an Eagles D-line that absolutely dominated a very good 49ers offensive line that was so good they had obviously had McCaffrey running wild, but made Brock Brock Purdy look like the next Tom Brady at one point. Um, So they got to him. They got him injured. They got him out of the game. I think they're going to pressure Mahomes the same way. And when you get to Mahomes, you saw it when the Bucs played the Super Bowl, when they were in at last, the Chiefs, um, and you get him out of his comfort zone and you take Kelsey away and he's running around in the backfield, um, that's how you shake them up. And that's a recipe for, for victory. But the Eagles' offensive line is just as good. Um, they ran the ball well all season long. Miles Sanders uh, opened up holes for Jalen Hurts uh, to run the ball. Running the ball led to uh, great play-action pass opportunities. And so I think it's going to come down to getting Jalen Hurts the opportunity to hit play-action passes, get A.J. Brown and Def- Devontae Smith, because these this is the interesting stat. The Chiefs have one of the best run rushing defenses in the NFL. I still think the Eagles are going to be able to run the ball uh, ineffectively. But if the Chiefs can contain them a little bit, their problem is they have one of the worst passing defenses in the NFL, especially in their secondary, who gave up the most touchdowns of anyone in the NFL this season. I think it was like 33. They give up a lot of TDs in the air, which means it's also going to come down to Jalen Hurts. So here we go. All the all the talk about Jalen, the easy schedule. Is he here? Is he the guy? Is he a superstar? We're going to find out. There's no more excuses. There's no more, oh, he got this. He, he, he was able to do it because they were playing crappy teams all season. All of that is done. It's now in Jalen Hurts' hands, and I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think it's going to come down to him hitting open receivers, A.J., Devontae. And if he does that and they can run the ball just a little, just slightly effective, maybe a little less than average than throughout the year because Chiefs have a good rush defense, I think this game's over. Um, and I think that's what's going to happen. I like the Eagles. Um, I think they pull away in the fourth quarter. Uh, this could be Eagles by 10, 10, 14 points. Um, so all you Jalen haters, uh, you're either going to be rewarded if he fails or you're going to be proven really, really wrong. And if that's the case, watch out because the Eagles are going to be the next, uh, chiefs. Multiple NFC Championship games, bring multiple it. Yes. Super Bowls. If wow! Hurts in the, on the stage, that's a little aggressive. Wrong. It's hard did he not that. get the memo about this <laughs> being a short show? Is going to no. be the bane of our existence. Uh, yes, uh, I will be the bane of your existence uh, for the yes. next many years to come. Many. Anyways, that's all I got. Um, it's been uh, a pleasure, gentlemen. I will reconvene with you on Monday and. Um, We'll go from there. Milk out. Well, that was, uh, oh. (laughs) 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 Poor guy, he's in, he's in mourning. Oh my God. Uh, And for our our listeners, for our listeners, I miss you a lot. I miss you a lot. Turn that off. <laughs> He's looking at a video, Tom Brady. Oh, milk. Wow. I mean, house, you got the clean sweep. You went five. Wow. All, all SMQBs.
double I mean, digits. It's almost like we couldn't have jinxed it better if we planned it ahead of time. Oh my I, God. I think that's what's going on. I think you guys are trying to set it up. That Dad way. Thomas so just that- raced out to place a bet on the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. All right. Anybody got anything else? Have a great weekend, man. Enjoy. Yeah, have fun. Thanks. You'll we'll definitely see, uh, see some. Uh, we want to see TikToks. some TikToks from uh, Waste Management uh, from the Super Bowl parties. You're going to hopefully get in some like good parties and uh, pregame uh, leading it all up. Hoping to go to the big Lee Steinberg party on Saturday. Why wouldn't you? Uh, <laughs> good luck, House. Good luck. Thanks, guys. All right. Yeah, all go right. go Safe Birds. travels. Go Birds. Yeah, go Birds. The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.